When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You're tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Just a little over two years ago, UK singer Israel Portnoy, who now resides in his namesake country of Israel, lost his entire musical instrument collection along with countless books of lyrics, journals, and poetry in a fire that swept through the village that he was living in at the time. The only personal belongings that survived were the clothes that he was wearing and his vintage 1963 12-string guitar that he had taken with him earlier in the day. That guitar, along with countless friends and family, helped him recover, at least emotionally, and led him to write and record his latest project, Facing Flames, featuring Gilda, which was the name he lovingly called his guitar. Israel joins me for this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about his experience and his new record. Hi Israel, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to join us for the show. I am speaking to you... Are you in Tel Aviv? Is that correct? I'm uh, about 20 minutes out of Tel Aviv. I'm in a, a, a bit of a village. It's a green village. It's called Bet uh, Meir, which means the house of light. Yeah. But it's not It's not a city, but the city it's closest to is, is definitely Tel Aviv, yeah. Yeah, okay. And um, obviously I, I hear a, um, a European accent. Did you? Uh, how long have you been in Tel Aviv? Where did you, uh, did you grow up in the UK? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm English, and I, um, I moved to Israel on my own in my late teens, okay. um, and uh, I've been here, been, been here since, yeah. What led you there? Well, uh, my name is Israel, so I didn't really have much of a choice, right? Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's kind of, uh, you know, returning to my roots, um, I have family here, uh-huh. I have, I have uh, history here and ancestry here, so uh, it, it felt felt right you know yeah going back, going back to my homeland right that's cool did you grow yeah. up with music as as part of your life very much so yeah my dad was a orchestra conductor and arranger um, and a vocalist himself um for many years actually by the time i was growing up he had actually changed professions he was he was a rabbi actually by the time i was growing oh, up wow, okay and uh, he couldn't quite um didn't quite work out for him, the music thing. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, we very much grew up in a very musical household. and one of nine kids, and both my parents are musical. And um, we were always, you know, singing together and harmonizing together around the, around the family table. And there's always instruments in the living room. So we kind of just gravitated towards that. And obviously, in England, the weather's not particularly good. So, you know, you can't really go out much. So uh, you're left with no choice. You have to play music in the living room. Was there a time or a moment that you recall thinking, 
I'd really like to pursue this seriously when I grow up? Um, it's funny. I've been asked that before, and I still don't have—I just don't have a good answer for it. The, the, the honest truth is because I feel like it was never—it was never really a choice. It was almost just like the obvious, you know. It was the thing that I was just pulled to, and it wasn't like a oh, I'm, I'm going to do this for a job. It was like I always did it and loved doing it and, you know, played a couple of wedding gigs that, you know, paid that paid me money when I was a teenager, yeah. which already gave me a taste of like, oh, you can make money and do right, what you love. Right, yeah. It, was, it wasn't like, a, oh, what's my career choice going to be? How am I going to make a living? I'm going to do music. And as much as it was like, it happened to just coincide the, you know, the thing that I love doing most. So I'm really, really lucky from, from you know, from that. Has it been something that you've been able to pursue as a full-time career, or did you have other vocations along the way? Um, I'm very lucky in that I've managed to um, do music um, exclusively my whole life, pretty much. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a real blessing and a lot of luck. Yeah. What were your influences along the way? What What led you to the genre of music? When I listened to the things that you've created, I get this uh, Americana folk rock feel. Were those some of your influences growing up? So when I was uh, much younger, we actually at home, um, I grew up in, in, in a, a religious Jewish household where we didn't really have exposure to um, non-Jewish music inside the house. It was kind of very, you know, we would listen to lots of uh, liturgical music, things which were related to, you know, the prayer and, 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 and services and, and religious music. And my earliest exposure, really, to to other music was from a very young age on the Radio 2 every day on the way to school. We'd travel an hour into school and an hour back from school. And the, the uh, we had a rotor and, uh, with, this, with this driver who would, would you know, take whole bunch of kids and he um he, his name was mr man actually and he mm -hmm. used to play radio radio two every day for an hour on the way to school and on the way back from school and i didn't even know what i was listening to i didn't necessarily know who the artists were or even the, the names of the songs but hmm. i i got a lot of, of music it was like two hours every day from the age of four years old to you know 16 and um that's where a lot of music influence come from comes from and indeed there definitely was a lot of that um you know as you say, Americana, some kind of mix of folk and rock and yeah. some country and some and all of that. And um, yeah, I uh, I really you know I think I, I got really turned onto the guitar very young. Um, and you know I, was, I loved Eric Clapton and, and you know any of like the British guys who were kind of the link to the, to sure. the you know the American um, guitar thing and Americana thing and. Yeah, it kind of just went from there, really. So I think the love of guitar kind of naturally ends up taking you to that, you know, to that place where you know folk and blues and country and rock all kind of meet mm -hmm. um, because mm -hmm. the instrument naturally really gravitates to that place. So um, I guess it happened quite naturally. Yeah. I knowing a little bit about early British music, the British rock invasion, and you know the, the British folk music. Uh, lots of history there. Moving from from uh, the UK then into Israel and that part of the country, 
how was that transition for you musically? Are, are they where you are now? Are they in tune to the same styles of music? It was actually an incredibly mind-opening experience moving here from, you know, um, from a musical mindset because, as you say, you know, the Beatles and all that stuff that I was coming from was very much, you know, Western music and, you know, the smallest musical uh, interval, um, you know, the, 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 the uh, you know, we have semitones is, is like, you know, the smallest um, distance between two notes and all of a sudden you come to a place and, and there's actually, there's quarter tones, right? There's these mm -hmm. like much more, these microtonal sounds, these, these, these like very typically Eastern um, sounds that you're not even used to. And, and that you can't even necessarily play on, 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 you know, on a piano or most instrument. Mm -hmm. um, so, and obviously there's different scales and, and the different, different kind of textures and vibe and chord sequences and, 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 and it's a different language. So it was very, very, um, you know, very mind opening to me and mm. uh, really, really beautiful. And what's so great about Israel is that there's just like a huge range of, uh, of, of music. I mean, there's people here who, you know, love rock and roll and, and there's, there's people who love blues and mm, there's people, okay. you know, and there's people who, who listen to all kinds of music that they don't even know what they're talking about. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and you know, and you've also got this like Middle Eastern depth um, and like lots of, in, lots of fretless instruments, you know, like I was saying with like, with the whole quarter tone thing sure, and, yeah. and microtone thing. And, and, and that's just, yeah, it's really like worlds colliding uh, it's really beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's cool. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. So you had a fairly tragic event uh, um, a couple years ago that led you ultimately to the new record that um, that is out now for you. Tell us a little bit about that and how that has inspired this new music. Sure. So... Yeah, it was about uh, two years ago. Well, it was actually two years exactly to the date that I released it. Um, it was May the it was um, May the twenty third, uh, two thousand and nineteen. Mm -hmm. um, and we were living in in a, a pretty little green village um, in central Israel, and there was a forest fire which broke out, and um, we. We were basically, I say forest fire, we were surrounded kind of by like forest area. Mm -hmm. uh, so nobody suspected it would, you know, actually um, come into the village because there's been many forest fires before and, you know, they usually get under control pretty fast. And not really anything to worry about. But we took, you know, precautionary measures and we were all told to sort of, you know, leave our houses and, and um, you know, come back once the forest fire is under control. And I was uh, strumming on my very, very beloved 12-string guitar. Um, she's, it's actually an American guild. It's a 63 mm. guild. And um, I um, I was whole, I was playing it at the time. I was strumming, so I thought, you know what? Well, if we're leaving anyway, I'll, I'll take it with me. You know, I didn't think to take a wallet or my ID or anything else. I just wow. thought, if we're, if we're going to the entrance of the, of the village, I, I, you know, I'm anyway playing it. It's kind of like this bunch of, you know, artists and hippies kind of, vibe so it makes sense it's the kind of place you would kind of just take a guitar with you to a communal gathering as you're waiting to yeah. be allowed back in 
So uh, I took it with me, and of course I, I didn't know, but to cut a very long story short, the next time I returned to the house, um, you know, it was completely, um, you know, it was the, the, even the walls of the house didn't exist. It was just completely decimated. Wow. And it it wasn't just my house. Yeah. The entire the entire village was just burned down to the ground, and I had a home studio. I mean, there was like 20 guitars in that fire, oh. and mm. You know, hard drives of music and books. Uh, I was a big, I was quite big on, I still am big on um, writing uh, books and, you know, writing lyrics in, in physical, you know, yeah. pen and paper. Yeah. I, I still am now, just I have the brains to take a photo of it and store it in Google Photos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you only need to make that mistake once. And right. uh, yeah, it was a pretty, you know, I'm not going to lie, it was a tragic event. But um, after a, a whole bunch of months of, you know, wondering how and, and a lot of help, Later, I should say, you know, humanity really showed the beautiful colors and everyone kind of got together and, and, and helped out. I mean, like you're talking like you go from knowing what you know is your life to not having a toothbrush, you know, and um, and uh, or, or an ID. Like I didn't have an ID in this world. It's like very strange. Mm. Um, but what I did have was Gilda. Gilda is, is my trusty 12-string guitar. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice and beaten 12-string. And at first, I, um, I don't know what it was. I... Uh, <laughs> I joke my my corny my corny dad jokes. I say it's a, it was Survivors Guild. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I, for some reason, I couldn't touch the, the guitar actually for, for quite a few weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually, though, I uh, came round and I we were we were in this place. They had put us in temporarily as we were kind of figuring out the next steps in our lives and where we would go and live and, and whatnot. And everyone kind of went their own way. Um, and I I remember taking the guitar up one morning. I made my coffee and I I just I kind of started strumming and I was I I really tried to just literally it sounds it sounds like nothing you know it sounds like something you've heard many times but I really did I tried to just get out of the way of the guitar and really mm -hmm. just like hear what you know hear who Gilda has to say and mm -hmm. this kind of like instrumental thing just um, literally just came out of the guitar. Quite, um, quite effortlessly, mm. um, and that was the that's the, actually ended up being the first track on the guitar. It's called Gilda's Prelude, uh, Prelude for Gilda, sorry. Mm -hmm. and and it just gave me a lot of hope. You know, the idea that this instrument had survived and still had so much music in it, and yeah. you know, what, with all the loss, there was this like light, and I kind of tried to hone in on that and and really, you know, just kind of pull out as much music. Um, as I could, or, or let her, I should say, mm -hmm. um, express music, and, and together we were kind of, you know, a, a team. And I wrote twelve songs, one for each string, like a concept I, album. I read that. That's uh, so cool. Yeah, and it's you know just a very, very, you know, as you know, twelve string guitar isn't necessarily the most, um, you know, friendly sound on on every song. Mm -hmm. But uh, the the concept of these songs, like, the, it is very much front and center in, in all of the songs, and all the songs are you know very much written. Um, with that in mind, and 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 so it kind of just made sense that the uh, that, that guild is like front and center in terms of the sound of it all. And yeah, two years to the day after I, I was I was going to release it a year um, after, um, but then with Corona and whatnot, and you know not being able to, you know, hit the road and do any gigs with it, um, I kind of delayed it. And it was good that I delayed it as well because I kind of it, it gave it a little bit more breathing time. And yeah, two years to the day after I. Least, um, facing flames featuring Gilda. Yeah. 
were you able to share any of this music uh, during the COVID lockdown? Were, were you guys there in Israel locked in like everybody else? Yeah, it was it was pretty brutal. Um, in fact, they 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 were very very strict here, um, which is how they've managed to get it down to you know the numbers now of virtually non-existent. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there's, there's new added complications now with new variants and whatnot, but but um, in general they did very well in terms of getting it under control because they were very very strict. I mean, they were like full 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 you know fully fledged lockdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just once, but several times. Um, but I was, you know, I was um, I was working hard getting this album over the finish line, and I guess it, it was probably a, you know, all for the best in, in, on a personal level in the sense that it kind of gave me that focus to, to pull it over the finish line and, yeah. and get the album Because, of course, we all, all us artists have this disease where if you leave it around for long enough, you manage to convince yourself that the world doesn't need it and it's not important and you don't end up doing anything <laughs> yeah. with it. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So I feel blessed that uh, it actually is it exists in the world and it it's out there. Yeah. So what does it look like now? I, I you know the world opening back up. I I presume that um, you you guys are getting there too. Do you have plans to take this out? Will you tour outside of Israel with it, or will you be exclusive yeah. in that area? Yeah, absolutely. Um, coming to the states um, at the end of. August and September, and you know, I'm I'm got some dates lined up there. Wherever, um, you know, wherever there are places that are still, um, I should say, sorry, wherever there are places that are already uh, opened up somewhat. Sure, yeah, um, um, yeah. I'm, it's it, it's it's really a. I think it probably all of us, the whole music community, it kind of really reminded us just how how precious it is to be able to go out and, and make music live for, for right. people and that connection, and just really gave us all that you know, new found appreciation for it and, yeah. and and it's pretty we all realize how much we missed it. I think not just the musician community but, but the, the listen the listener community as oh, well. For People like sure. to get music and, and it's uh, you know, I don't, I don't think we'll be taking it for granted uh, anytime soon. Yeah. At least I hope not. My wife and I just were able to attend a, a fairly large music festival this past weekend and for a lot of the musicians and bands, um it was the first time that they were able to play in front of a live audience in 16 months, some of them. Wow. And it was a very emotional experience for many of them. Several of the artists got very emotional on stage, just uh, expressing their gratitude to be able to be there and um, letting the audience know how critical the interaction was and how much it was missed during the time. And so, yeah, I, I it was very... Um, it was a, a very interesting experience to to be there and feel that energy from the artist and feel the deep appreciation for being able to get back and sharing the craft that way. Oh, that's amazing. So so true. So you have a, a an American tour lined up, or will you will you just try to take them or arrange that when you get here? No, it's uh, it's lined up. Um, by the time this episode goes out, there'll be dates on my website great okay um and yeah i mean you know i'm, I'm at, at this stage it's all I'm, I'm very much you know independent and, and running shop myself mm-hmm. so it's not it's not exactly going to be a 50 uh 50 you know 50 day uh tour all over america but i'm, I'm doing whatever i can and um 
again for me the focus is is literally right now just you know connecting to other human beings through, through yeah. this beautiful thing that we have as music I'm, I'm just trying to do as much of it as i can and um it's nice it's nice to be able to also just, you know have have an albums with the material that um that was really itching uh you know i was itching to express and, and get that out there so yeah it's nice yeah have that. and you've yeah. got other material too right this isn't this isn't your first record you've recorded some other things yeah, um, I have a band with my brother called the Portnoy Brothers. Um, we're actually currently living in different countries, so we're on a bit of a hiatus. But um, we we rec- our last record we recorded in Nashville, actually. Cool. Um, yeah, it's called No Complaint. And um, that was a, an amazing experience, going to Nashville and, and recording a record there. And I'd never been. It was the first time I'd ever been. And I went from, you know, like, never having seen a place um, and then three days later leaving it having you know spent every night on music row and recorded an entire album and I was just like what like it just yeah. felt like some <laughs> crazy dream it was like that's this cool. place is this place is like a musician's paradise right yeah uh, that's awesome really really yeah it was an amazing experience so folks want to reach out uh, check out your website. Uh, try to catch you when you're here in the states. What's the best way to do that? What's your web address, and how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. So it's israelportnoymusic.com, and all of my socials are Israel Portnoy Music. And you can, you know, reach out to me in any of those places. And uh, I just love the advantage that we have, you know, in 2021 that we can just personally be in touch with people from all over the world. Um, you know, it's, it's none of these like hiding behind, you know, companies anymore. It's all it's also personable. That it's, that yeah. it's one of the advantages of it already, isn't it? So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd love to hear from people, and, and you know, glad to respond and, and meet new people and, um, and and see new places. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks, Israel. I appreciate your story. What a uh, what a beautiful recovery out of such tragedy, and uh, I'm. So glad that you were able to find this music and create it out of out of that and get a chance to share it. So I wish you well with your tour and, and with the, the longevity of this record. Thank you, Greg. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. 
FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.